nobody's father mine. Do you hear how strong the bass is on that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you think that's, is that that's a stunning, cool. like, first of all, in comparison to today's music? That's off presence, isn't it? That's off presence. Uh... Right. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Nobody's fault but mine. The, That's a great song. Nobody's fault but mine. Yeah, it's John. I Paul, love that John Paul, subtle. So John Paul Jones is the most understated contributor to Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Bass. Oh, well, keyboards. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also know um, he also worked with Dave Grohl. And Josh Ham, Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters, yeah. and Josh Ham from Queens of the Stone Age, and they were them. They did an album called "Them Crooked Vultures." Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah. Oh, it's it's good. So good. Oh, yeah, it's really it's good. so funny. You know, <laughs> here's this. But I, I think about sometimes I'm the perspective guy, so I put it in perspective, and I'm like, God, it's just to listen. That intro is super long compared to today's. They would never fly today. People would be like, When do we get to the song? And then the presence of the bass. The guitar for the guitar player to let it go, and this is Jimmy Page, who's like, for anybody who doesn't know, who, this is a rock legend. He's like one of the top known guitar players anywhere in the world, and I know he stopped. They stopped Zeppelin in the early '80s, but well, the nine, thing 1980 because Bottom died. Was it '80 that it Bottom was, died, it or was it '81? It was. I think it was '80. Okay. slammed the. It was, he died in '80, I believe. Okay, because I thought they were still Maybe doing right. the Coda tour. I thought they were still doing the Coda tour in like eighty one, eighty two. You might be right. I, I thought to, you might be right. I, I thought so. Anyway, the but the but it's not to be right or wrong, but it's just to me interesting from a perspective. And this is the will to know. But I'm just like, wow, that would never fly today. Like the bass. Like first of all, the guitar player would never let that happen. But think of how the song builds. How the long intro, does the though? bass have to go? Yeah, yeah. But remember though, it starts with the. No, it was all about the song, right? Yeah, but <laughs> yes, but each time you go through a, a section of the song, they add something else. Right. It's not until later that that so it's like guitar, guitar, bass. Right. Guitar, bass, vocal, guitar, bass, vocal, drums. <laughs> like right. again, we're just we're gonna take a good minute and something, almost two minutes to let this thing roll into the song. And they're gonna let you jam with the song without jumping into the lyrics right away. Oh yeah. They're exactly. gonna, in other words, do you understand right. what I'm saying? Like they're gonna yeah. let you they're gonna bring you into the song and let you <clears throat> kind of like warming up on the court. And the thing is, the interesting thing to me is like the the parallel here, and which is what I wanted to talk about, the parallel with when uh, what do you need to, I think I wrote this down, what do you need at a minimum to feel like a pro? So like, I would bet that Jimmy Page, I mean, he was old school, so he's fine, Like, but I would bet a lot of guitar players, <clears throat> especially in the bands today, they're like, well, in order for me to feel like the guitar player, I've got to be, you know what I mean, front and center, I've got to hear that riff right in the beginning, and I've got to hear, or whatever, and arguably that was his riff, because he was he was singing along with Robert plant when they were doing it. But the point is, is like, what do you need at a minimum? And what do you need at a minimum? Every song, what do you need at a minimum? Every tennis lesson to feel like that pro like, well, I've got to be playing my guitar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my guitar, could you just not do you, could you not play your guitar and still be considered a pro during that song? 
for it for the first i don't know 20 30 bars could it just be the bass the singer and the drummer and you'd still feel like and and if they could pull it off and it was a decent song would you still feel like a guitar player i i don't know i think a lot of guitar players i'm a guitar player i'd be like why can't I just, well, can I just play a chord in the background or something? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Can I just, can I just, I don't, you know, what, what, okay. What if I just, what if I just use the low, what if I just use the low E string and I parallel what the bass player is doing and I'll just go along with it. You know, I'll do kind of like a grindy thing or something like that. No, no, we don't want you playing at that point. Turn off. <laughs> right. At what point, you know, and, and so I bring this to a parallel, or I try to, with the tennis lesson. And I, I was thinking, this is one of the things that popped into my head this morning. This is obviously not I want to talk about from my perspective, but it popped into my head, and so I had to honor it because I like to honor my muse. So I was like, gee, this is an interesting question to ask you. At what point, what do you need to feel like a pro? And I started writing some stuff down. And so I wrote things down like um, when you're, when you, you, you have to have the cart always by your side. Could you not have the cart and be directing it? You don't have to answer these. I'm just throwing these out. <clears throat> Do you have to have your racket in your hand? Do you, you have to be talking at all or giving some advice? Or could you just be like, hey, come on in, let's hit. Okay, I'm not going to say anything until the entire time. Do you have to be showing a certain trick or skill? Do you have to, um, is it when other pros are acknowledge you like, hey, Sully, what's going on? Hey, Bob. There's Bob again. Always, Bob is always in our <clears throat> podcast. Bob is, is a multifaceted human being. Is it when clients come off and they're like, oh, that was a great lesson. Thanks. Thanks, Patrick. That was great. Or thanks, Sully. Is it when somebody at the desk is like, uh, Sully, uh, you're on court two, but you're also on court four. Is there a re Do you know what I mean? Like what? And and I want, and I just want to touch on that because I think that that's a phenomenon most people don't think about, and I think it changes depending on your level of experience. So I'll let you comment on that because I think that that's important. And the reason I am saying this is because I saw a lesson go on yesterday where it was I had overheard the kid ask if he could use the cart when the pro was teaching and the pro didn't really want to let him use the what card. just what I, it, really it, it, the pro really wanted to control the cart or is that because of COVID <clears throat> could that be a COVID thing though I don't I don't know I don't mock the COVID I know I'm not know what I'm I'm not I, mocking I, it when I'm gonna count the pro some slack it's like I, I don't want you touching my stuff COVID uh, deliverer yeah, no because everybody touches those carts it's crazy it's it's crazy it doesn't mean I'm saying that but like that would something that I'd say to the pro then well, if he said, oh, I'm, or she, I'm worried about COVID. And you're like, yeah, but everybody uses that cart. That doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, it's common sense. And yeah, it could have been that. Common but, sense consulting. Yeah, it could have been that. But the, but, but the point I'm trying to make is it got me thinking. This is not to talk about, about her or it's not to talk about any of this stuff. It's just to, to wonder to myself. I don't need any of that. Okay. 
I don't, I don't, you can use my cart, you can use my rocket. I don't need a rocket. I don't need, I don't, some, every lesson is different. And sometimes I say nothing. I had a lesson yesterday where this woman had two weeks off and um, we got back together and she's, she, she texted me the day before, hey, are we back on for a lesson tomorrow? I'm, I'm, I'm like, absolutely. So we're good to go. And she comes, I said, you know what we're going to do? I said, we're just going to hit. You haven't played in two weeks. I'm not going to tell you. Let's just see what you remember, what's been sticking. And it went a good 45, nah, 40 minutes of just hitting every angle. Rally, 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 rally. And then the last 20, she said, you know, I'm not really sure what to do when it comes right at me. I said, okay, let's just do something. So I gave her a quick five-minute thing, and then we just came up with a little exercise and super simple. And she got it, left and said, hey, that was a great lesson, thanks. But it took us four, I mean, I had no plans because, and all I think pros will, will know, will understand what I'm saying. When people come back from vacation, most of the time, it's like, whoa, starting over. Here we go again, right? Because even for us, I've said in earlier episodes too, when you take a break from tennis, it's not riding a bike. It feels horrible. It just, it's brutal stopping. You're better off almost not taking a break as a coach or a pro because it just throws you off. It's, it's good for your body to take a break, but it's not riding a bike. You're like, oh man, by the end of the day, you're like, okay, it's starting to feel like tennis again at least for me, but I've talked to other, co- other coaches I, I work with and they're like the same thing. What is the, what would you say is the maximum break you can go without, achieve, without going into that, get it slipping into that, uh, mode. Three days, four days, three, four days. Yeah. Two weeks is a long time, right? A long time. Cause your body also gets conditioned to doing that. And then when you take that off, it's it's weird because it's it's a blessing and a curse. I feel like I usually get hurt coming off of I tweak something coming off of a vacation. So as far as the paraphernalia that I need to use to feel like a coach, I don't I really don't need anything. That's personally. I feel like because I've I was so crazy and it, uh, consuming this sport and learning about it. And I was so insecure coming in because I didn't have the the pedigree that, and I'm very comfortable being called out on it. Also, you can call me out. It's fine. If I get something wrong, tell me. I'm, it's an open dialogue. These are suggestions. I think what's interesting about you, I want to just say this. I think one of the things that's interesting about you is that you um, have never tried to uh, bury that or walk away from it. You actually still kind of celebrate it, and I'm not sure why, because you are into this now 20 years, and yet you're still referring to your past as, well, you know, I cleaned courts, and I I, don't know, I was doing the gardening, I, I think, and I was I doing all this other stuff. It's an insecurity. Does it give you chops? Or because the thing is, is no, I the reason why I find it really interesting is I, a lot of lesser people lesser people would never want to talk about that and never bring that up because they've transitioned themselves and they don't want to go back there and they don't But I'm not wanna... I feel like I'm pretending. I feel like What do you mean? So like if someone said to me like, "Oh, you so you have a band and you sing." Well, not really. <laughs> like I'm a lyricist first. That's what I do. Right. That's it. And 
because of X, Y, and Z in my life, I'm now fronting and performing on some songs that I'm recording. Okay, fine. But I don't, but no. Take that into tennis though. I I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I, listen, you want my style of coaching. This is it. This is exactly what I tell my students. I am not a singer. So when you hear me sing, you're not thinking, oh, it's Adele or it's Michael <laughs> Bublé. That's right. Like you're thinking, a weird version of Iggy Pop is going to be happening here. Sure. So it's the same thing. When you come out and you see me hit, I'm not going to hit a perfect ball every time to you. I'm not going to. I'm going to be making probably as many mistakes as you are, but my knowledge and my, because I am you and I'm coming from a lower den common denominator than a higher one, that I'm able to look at that, which is why when I, same thing, when I work with a real singer and, and they're like, oh, I see what you're struggling, <laughs> what you're trying to do here with this lyric and the melody, got it. And then they can take it. But this that's, is, but that's I have the to, same thing. But this is interesting. It's not the same thing because the thing is, is in a band, I mean, when you, when you get, I mean, I don't know if you're getting paid or not in the band, but when you, not anymore, when you, <laughs> when you go out there as a pro to teach, you're obviously you're getting paid and I don't think it's the same thing. You're not, I mean, people are tapping into your experience, yeah, but I don't look at it that way. See, again, you're, you're, you're assume this is, I'm not motivated by money. I'm that, not. No, what I'm saying though is, is that that's irrelevant. I don't think of it that way. Right. When someone comes out, it's, it's this weird thing that I'm I'm being respectful because I know they're paying a lot of money, uh -huh. but that's not the factor in motivating me to be who I am. I'm not going to change because of the dollar amount. I'm not going to pretend to be somebody that I'm not. Right. And I think it's I have an open book policy where like, listen, this is who I am. And again, this is this is that's it. And I'm not going to lie to you and say, oh, I I you know I played it. Um, I played at Stanford. You did? And then someone else is like, yeah, he played an intramural tennis at Stanford. <laughs> yeah, right. right. And they were drunk while they were playing. Like that's a, that's a huge, and there's tons of guys that do that too. Yeah. They build up their, or, you know, I was on tour. You were. Yep. And then you're like, carrying Djokovic's bag. Like, <laughs> like you weren't even his hitting bar. Like, you, you know that these guys build themselves up or these women, like, well, because these are insecurities. Not just there. They are looking to build. They're looking to. They're looking to build themselves because this is this is the way that they. That is this is this is how they build themselves. Listen, I mean, people do this all the time. I mean, I go back to Wayne Dyer, who's my guru guy, and you know, I, I really liked Wayne a lot. In rest in peace. But um, he talked openly about when he got his start. He wrote his first book, and he filled up his uh, back of his trunk with all of his books and he would go from town to town and he would call in the radio stations and try to create a buzz and then he'd put all the books in the bookstore and then he'd go in and buy all the books and then he would, that's what he did. He built himself, he self-promoted that way and then he would call up and, and, and then the publisher saw, he's got this great story about how the publisher saw the sales were going up and he's like... <laughs> He's like, so are you going to invest in more in more of my books? And then he kind of self-inflated, and he admits that he did this, right? Um, and I think there's an element of that within a lot of this. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
because you're looking to build a base. But I think, but I think that, so here's the thing, ready? But Wayne also needed a product that was really good. So even though he's doing that, a publisher could look at that and be like, you know what? There's something, there's something credible here. Right. Right. That this, this actually, okay. The sales is me meeting the quality of what I'm seeing and reading here. Right. I don't have the quality of the game. I have the quality of the information and, and, and going through similar struggles in another part of my life to connect with you and maybe explain this in a way that will get you maybe to perform. I have students that are way better than me. Yeah. Adults that hit a ball cleaner than I hit and, or move a little bit better who are close in age. And they're like, oh, you hit really well today. I'm like, wait, they're telling me that. And I'm like, hey, thanks, but I actually just hit like 80 times, but, and you killed it. And like, no, I don't think that I did because they don't, they can't equate with how much better they're getting. But I, but isn't that the ultimate compliment? Isn't the ultimate compliment that your student outperforms you? And if they're old, I think, I think it's even more amazing when an adult can do that. That's what blows my mind that someone at, 35 45 55 gets better than their pro they, i mean at some point i went for one of my students to be like dude you suck <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like i'm gonna go over to this other guy or girl right so well it's, you've had that happen now they've, no, they've, they've yeah, never I said know, you but, suck but they but but you've looked over and you're like why are they oh that's right they're playing with them because no well that was but that was a i couldn't keep up at that point okay physically there's i can't I'm not 23. <laughs> a 27 year difference is a huge difference. No, in, no, in I'm not. I just, I, I think that's interesting. I also think it's interesting that, um, and maybe more pros are better at that than I know that they're, they're kind of like, no, I hope my student gets better than me. I hope, you know what I mean? But your like, question was like, do I need do I give, I just gave my student yesterday. He's yeah. working on his serve and Oh, sock serving boy. Okay, and we're, we're our, we've been now ready. Yeah. Three weeks on the, the sock. The sock. I got the big tube sock. I got four of them. So each so each session's been about how long with the sock? Out of an hour. So he has twice a week a half an hour. Uh-huh. And then he has an hour. Okay. So the entire half an hour. Yeah. The whole that's it. That's all Aren't we you? do. Oh. Okay. And I told him, I said, listen, we're gonna be doing this till you get it. Okay. And I'm becoming maniacal about the continental grip continental grip here's the motion we go we walk we go through the motion very slowly right with the racket then we use this he comes out now walks right to the baseline the socks are sitting there there's four of them i have a roller did you wash them first i wear them actually and then, <laughs> then i get the, and then i put them on so it's a motivator to throw it to get it away from him he's like this smells like, I don't when it lands on his head yeah yeah, yeah. he gets lice <laughs> he's like why does this smell like sully's feet right this is nice, weird. Nice. so he goes through his motion and he yeah. throws it like 12 times. Yeah. Like he actually throws him across the net. And I have a target for him to hit. Right. And then we transition to the uh, a football. And what age is he? He's mm. 6'15", 15, 15 He's, 16. And what's his goal? Just to get better or is he like going he, for something else? Just to enjoy the sport, to oh, play. Oh, okay. And, oh, and, maybe, and maybe play on his high school team. Okay. He was a um, sophomore this year. Okay. And... Was he a sophomore or freshman or sophomore? And again, he's he's coming from a non 
is one of these kids that was like, you know, I, I kind of like Sully. This sounds like he's, I told you, I already told you about this kid. His family plays, the yeah. mom, the mom. Yeah, like, they, hey. they go on vacation but, and he's, yeah, the, but, he's the, the, the but this out. is the mom that was like, hey, I just want to do something athletic. Like right. he needs to move. Right. And so there was no, it's been five years now we're working together. So we go through this rigmarole every single lesson. Then yesterday I said, okay, we're gonna do, we did their little warm up with the sock, but it was it was quicker now. So like so over time, what happens? Is you start dialing it back. It just doesn't come to an end. Yeah. I taper. So then yesterday we went to serving mini tennis. So we played out points mini tennis with him serving everything, so he can really, which is really hard. And I'm like, here's the location because yeah, it's such a tight space. Oh, and he has and to do the entire that. motion. <clears throat> right. So it makes you really aware of not like just unloading on the ball that it forces you to think about the technique. Right. So he's, my point is, I'm like, here's the cart. You're the, you're the coach. And he's like, right. oh, I said, you're starting every, he, I think he served like 300 serves in the course of that hour right. yesterday. Yeah. And I'd say, serve it over here. And over time, he's like, you could tell he was like really focused on getting it there. And when it wasn't there, I'd take my rack and go, I'd go, over here, <laughs> and he's like, I got it, I got it, I got it. Can I just say this? I think this is interesting. I think I just figured out one thing you do need to be a pro. You absolutely need to be a pro for you. And if you don't have it. Me, you're talking about me personally? You personally. Oh, okay. Yeah, so here we go. I think for you to be a pro, you have to um, be at some level in one thing is engaged with your students at some level. Otherwise, you don't feel like a pro. You feel like you're wasting your time. You feel like you're just an accessory there on the court. Yellow button, yellow button, quick. <laughs> okay. Shh, shh, I want to enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's my, that's my only fanfare. So the, the crowd goes wild. Hold on. I think I got one more, but I'm going to test the water. Okay. I think for you to feel like a pro besides the engaged i think you have to have some sort of uh te not teaching but some sort of uh of mental moment processing space some sort of mental moment with your student it doesn't it doesn't have to be huge but you got to have some mental, the, I don't know the, if it's an oh, aha oh, moment. That we both or, connect on. Yes. Yes, I agree. And uh, so I could tell yesterday when he came out, he's like, oh, the sock thing again. I'm like, yes, yeah, sock boy, let's go. Right, but I could tell. So Wait a minute, this is not how you said this. Though. This is so interesting because the first part you said, it, you go, oh, now he just goes right to the baseline. He just does it. Oh, he you does. You left out the whole. Oh, of course. He the whole like kind of like front like a not aggrieved but just kind of like oh god i gotta do this again but that's interesting yeah but that's a typical thank you for saying that but that's typical no, teenager it's fine that's normal. i just no i think it but i oh but the it, behavior i think people gloss that. over that because they're like oh look well he has students and the students go right to the baseline and blah 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 yeah he has students oh, that do okay that, okay i'll rephrase it he dragged himself over okay. the baseline <laughs> rolling his eyes like when are we getting off the sock thing <laughs> and he was like you idiot i'm tired of playing with your tube socks right and thank you oh my god <laughs> thank you thank you thank you that was like you I don't know, even, what you're gonna push do i don't even know? know what i don't even yellow, know what push yellow did. no that no, was the wrong button blue wait what's this this one's silent <laughs> i don't know i i don't even know 
That's amazing. Thank you. That's what you should have said right to okay. begin with. So, yes, so, because sometimes you're looking at may, maybe people are coaching to the what they're seeing and like, okay, we won't do that. He doesn't want to do that or she doesn't want to do that. Right? right? Oh. I, I don't know. I, but I have to, like reaction coaching. I like that. Yes, reaction coaching. Reaction coaching. But I'm, but I, so what I'll say to somebody though is when I see that behavior, it's, and I think it's funny. I'm like, but this is going to make you better. I know. I got it. And he does it. Right. Have but you ever had somebody argue with you and be like, I don't care. I just, I don't want to do it. No, because I don't teach them. Oh, okay. But I mean, <laughs> if they've done that, I'd just be like, this is not going to work. Ah, so a third element. You need to have someone who's at least willing to go along with you, who doesn't resist you. Right. Give me the space to be creative, come up with something that's going to help you. So you need that to feel like a pro. I do. Yeah. 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 Or, or, or they would say a pro. I'd say it's makes my time with you worthwhile. It makes well, going fine, to work but being fun. a teacher yes. and, and having, yeah, having a moment. Okay. So, so. so then we go to the, so after mm. some, now remember three weeks ago, he was a full half an hour on the sock. Right. And, and the sock like, was hitting in his head. Yeah. And he was, and he hit like, and then at the mm. end I was like, okay, we're going to serve now. And he hit like literally four balls. I'm like, that's it. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, I didn't serve. I go, no, you served. Then the next, right? So again, we're incrementally moving. I roll yesterday, but it, but then guess what? By the fifth throw of the sock, he drills it across the net, hits the target, and he fist pumps. And I go, there you go. And he's, right? But it, take, it took us three <clears throat> weeks, six lessons of, well, so let's do the math there. Well, that's like it's nine hours, five hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, but five hundred bucks, nine hours. Yeah, is that right? So it's, it's no, 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 it's not. It's it's um, so, hold on, three. It's six hours, six hours, right? Of of that and of that kind of headspace, yeah, headspace right. on this thing. Yeah, but now the techniques, even though he's eye rolling, you're like, oh, there's the pronation. Can I ask and you a question? Cruising could that it. have been? Could that have been cut shorter? If he had practiced that no, more of, at home. Of course, of course. And maybe I... I of well, course. no, to stop. Don't just gloss. You're glossing over it. I, so, hold on. Does anybody not think that putting extra time into something makes you better faster? Well, I mean, okay. I, we, we need to talk about that. Well, no, no. But oh, but I, what I want to do is just take it apart for a minute. Because I think somebody who's listening to this who doesn't really... Maybe they're thinking about putting their kids in tennis lessons or they're putting their kids in tennis lessons, but they don't really understand what's going on or whatever, blah, 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 blah. And they're, they're doing the math and they're just doing the snap calculation. They're like, 500 bucks to learn how to do that? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put my kid through tennis lessons. Okay, well, but now let's hear the flip side of it, that the Sully's perfect world scenario. Which would be like he you comes could, in for the half could, an hour and then he goes out by himself every day for half an hour and then in one week he's got it and we move on. And how much did you spend? How many lessons? How many hours of lesson did you have in that? Half an hour. Half an hour. I'll give you. I'll so give you, you one thing to work on. Go work on it for the week. So so you go from five hundred and fifty bucks, folks, to fifty bucks. That's well, a big. Yeah. That's a big from five hundred fifty bucks to fifty bucks. I, but again, ready. That, and, and again, there's not a right or wrong. That's why when people say I'm not things, saying that. You know, I know. I'm not saying that you are. I'm not, yeah. Hey, this is not a microaggression, Claude. <laughs> Claude, I'm with you. We're All on right. the same page. Yeah. Got it. What I'm saying is if you have the money to spend yeah. and your kid needs some hand-holding, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I, 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 yeah. I, I need hand-holding doing this with you. Right? I'm not going to 
do all the severe editing. Severe handholding. I do. I just need some help with this. No, but you ready? I don't just get up at 5.30 normally. Like, usually it's, right? It's, I, I get getting it. up. So, hold on. So, my point, though, is that you're... This is my five hundred because I have I the fact that you're here waiting for me to do this podcast, tennis rockers, you're it motivates me to go. So just that that person holding you accountable, yeah. Some people need that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Other people are super didactic and are like, just give me the information, got it, I'm gonna go do it. And but and there are people in the middle, let's be fair. Well, of course. If people want to I'm I'm the sweat equity guy, so I'm always thinking, well, how can you make this work for less, but still come off really well at it? And I guess my point is just that Anybody who's listening to this and, you know, the thing is, I think we've assumed that it's going to be only coaches or only people who have run clubs or whatever. What if there's just ordinary Joes who are listening to this? That's the thing. And ordinary Joes who are parents of kids that they want to get involved in tennis because they play tennis. They got a romantic feeling about it. Like I had, you know, like, oh, I remember such good times. And so there could be those people. And I just want to be careful because I want to... And I think tennis has gotten a bad rap for being super expensive, and I want to way a very bad rap. So it's right, and I like it's cost prohibitive, and in some ways it is. But I but I want to. No, it's not. That's another comment, but it's not. Let's have an episode. Can we please have an episode? We can break it down financially on how this can be super cost effective. Yeah, we should. On I I can we can run all the numbers together definitely and say here ready for. $500 Five hundred dollars for yeah. the entire year. Right, you can get good at tennis, and we'll write up a program. Oh, and I think that would be phenomenal for five hundred bucks. I think that'd be phenomenal. I'd love to see that. Okay, so we'll spec out costs of racket, practice, coach, all of it, and court time. Yeah, and for court time too. People who are living in the northern latitudes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. That'll be interesting. Yeah, because because so, we're going to season it. Right, right. I get it. So. Uh, where I was going with this was I just wanted to be clear because I think people listening to this are like, I, I think that there are a bunch of phenomenons here and this is where we get it though. What do you need to feel like a pro? But I think one of the phenomenons is that people are looking to these people like you, tennis teachers, instructors, coaches, and they call them pros for the magical fairy dust, you know, that's like, Oh, he's got the goods. <laughs> and that's where the pedigree comes so, from. So the magical fairy dust for Sock Boy was bringing the cart up to the service line and now starting every single point mini tennis with him serving. Right. And the fairy dust was me sitting there being calm right. for 45 minutes right. and only doing mini tennis. Yeah. And, and, all, and also serving down the line. And then him saying to me, are we backing up? No, that's the fairy dust, the right. accountability. And he, I would, he, and I would say that's not fairy dust. What I would say is no, that, that, that's shoe leather. And okay. what I would say is okay. that's the shoe leather portion of the show. That's the, that's the, you're walking up and down. You're walking up and down midtown Manhattan, <laughs> making cold calls like I used to do. Right. And it's the shoe leather portion of the show. You got to be able to do that. You got to be able to pound, pound the streets and pound and stay with it. And so that, so the point I'm trying to make to people who are listening is that you can have your kid, regardless of the age, 
improve in tennis without having to spend a ton of money if you can do it in a smart way. So if you are if you are if you can make a connection with the pro and you say, listen, we don't have a lot of money, and I think pros can understand that because they're not making a ton of money, and say, but I want him to get better. Can we work together on this? And let's just take one technique or one thing, and we'll have a lesson once a month for one hour or whatever it is, or half an hour, whatever it is. And let's go through it, and then I will, I'll write this stuff down, and I'll, and I'll work with my child to try to achieve that and then we'll come back <laughs> in a month and they'll practice that you know like sock sock boy right and that that, that can be done in a reasonable way but all that yeah all that should make somebody feel like a real pro tennis professional right it's, all it's, what all like so when someone comes up to you and asks you that you should be you should be you should be like great because you're you're propagating the sport Right, I think right. there's, when you say, like, okay, so you opened up this episode with like, well, do you need a racket? Do you need a ball? Right. No, because if somebody wants to- And you gave me the Gandhi answer, I need nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was no. like, wait a minute. Is it, are we in the ashram? I don't <laughs> even know. I, I need nothing. I will transfer I my spirit. mind with my where mind travel together. <laughs> I have spirit energy. This is all I need, my friend. <laughs> no, but, but I think that your your information giving. I came and, into this game with possessions. I leave with none. <laughs> well, it's true, Go but ahead. we're we're trying to figure out how to relay information to somebody. Yeah, it, and in order to do that, they need to trust you. There needs to be a connection for them to. Because you might have to come up with something that's that's different, that rubs against their normal personality. If it will to connect, but you need, to, but you might have to come up with something that's against their normal personality that makes them uncomfortable. But because they connect with you and trust you, they're willing to go down that. Sockboy doesn't want to do a half an hour while he watches another kid next to him rip serves and he's on a sock. It there, there <laughs> is some great. there is some glancing over like and the kid's like, oh, he's still on the sock, huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Well, yeah, still on the sock. But you guess what? But once you get through it, everyone is always like, hey, you're off the sock. And you're like, hey, that's a pretty good serve. And you want everybody notices that. Like people, right. so I think sometimes people misconstrue when someone's watching them. They're not criticizing you. Well, some people are, but what they're doing is like, oh, I remember that. That was so brutal. <laughs> like going like, so like when I see that, you're like, oh yeah, he's struggling with that continental grip right now. The, oh, that pancake thing, right? So as a coach, I think I'm, and I'm going to recommend this for all young coaches who are maybe or just coming to the the sport as a coach is to feel like a coach without all the bells and whistles have have faith in yourself that you're doing the work and the research that you can play the game with your hands that you can connect with somebody and explain it in a thoughtful manner that makes somebody just go oh i love this game without having to feed a ball without if you can get them engaged mentally and get them looking at you and emotionally, and I think emo this oh, is yeah, 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 yeah. super important. Okay. And, 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 and make, and make that a, yeah. And get them engaged emotionally. I think you got to get people. I will be honest with you. I'm not the pro coach here. You are. 
I will be honest with you. I think the number one thing you need to do as a coach is to get them first engaged emotionally. Because if you can get somebody engaged emotionally, then we can start getting them engaged intellectually or mentally. Because the emotions run run course through our veins as people a lot quicker. You know, it's the it's the adrenaline, right? And I think if you can get to them emotionally, because, you know, like show them a, a vision with like a little video blurb of somebody who's hitting a forehand or do you want to hit a backhand like that? <laughs> right? Just well, show no, them. no, you don't show them. You meaning on, on a screen. Yeah. You get them to do it one time where they feel it and they're like, oh, I, I don't hit like this. And you're like, you're right. <clears throat> I now, you know, if you do this four days a week with me at $100 a pop, you're good to go because I'm going to make you play like this all the time. But wait, 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 wait. No, but, but like, how wait, do you get to them? But so, so you talk they about- they in the court uh, you and they've never hit like that, you can't just get a novice player to hit like you're talking about. That's not going to happen. No, no, no. One time. You want an emotional connection. Uh-huh. You show somebody what they're capable of uh-huh. one time. Well, can you give me an example? Because that seems- I just, I, yeah, sweet tea. I had sweet tea yesterday yeah. on the court. And, no, but I'm talking about a brand new student who's just come onto the court here. I'm not talking about somebody you've been working with. I'm talking about a brand new student. Fine. I, I have that a, you want to start a fire. I have a 10 year old okay. who is shorter, like super short. Uh-huh. And I have her using a two handed forehand and backhand. Sure. To get leverage, power. Yeah, but yeah. like, She's going to be short. Yeah. And I mean, like, really short in life. She's not going to be tall. So, like, okay, how do we get her? Like, so she's basically like, she was taught low to high, touch the sky, sure, catch yeah. the racket. Right. Her brother and sister are taller considerably, and they are super, really, like, really good athletes. Okay. The, the, the girl, the older, the middle girl, is, again, like my other one just super like like connects with sports yeah which is you don't really see that a lot she just gets turned on by it right so with the the younger sister the 10 year old we were working on sunday and i said listen i just want you to blast this thing and i we worked on is our uh, second lesson on the two-handed so it's it's the right so she's new to me though and we worked on switching hands i said you can do the crisscross method on the forehand or you can switch hands She's like, well, I like switching hands. Well, that's fine. So we just worked on that. And I could tell when she left that first lesson, she was like, this didn't work. I was like, no, we just worked on the switching part. We, I didn't try to have her hit hard. It was, it was just, we're going to get there. Then the last lesson we just had, I said, well, let's review the switching. Let's review how we're going to do our unit turn with the two-handed. And then I said, I don't want you to try to get it in today. So after we did that, we did that for about 10 minutes. I said, now I just want you to blast it just as hard as you can. And she was framing it. It was going up in the ceiling. And I said, you know, do me a favor. Can, can you like rotate your body a little bit? And she's like, so she does like a full 180 like rotation, like a, yeah, like a like pirouette. Yeah, kids would do, yeah. Cranks it, stri- it goes straight across the net into the other back tarp. Now watch this little girl drive this ball like 95 feet right. through the court. Right. And she looked at me. I go, how did that feel? I could see her smiling through her mask. That's how big right. her smile was. Yeah, yeah. It was, And it was this thing of like, I said, 
little people hit really big, you know, in this sport. And right. she's like, I want to do that again. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And so it wasn't about getting it in right. the court. Right. Now she's on the hook. Right. Now she's in on the two hand. Now she, I rem- when she first came out, I said to her, listen, I know we were struggling last week with the two. I said, just can you give me a few weeks on this? Right. I said, I just want us to get to a certain point. And then I said, if you don't like it in three or four, if you don't like it in three or four weeks. You can get your money back. <laughs> it's just a joke. It's a terrible joke. <laughs> it's horrible. It's a horrible joke. Yeah. So we will figure something else out. Right. And you know what? Hold on. But I think that's a good point that even as coaches, we need time to kind of figure out what's the best avenue for you. And yeah, sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes I need, but if you can hang in with me on it, I'm, we're, we're going to figure something else out. And I get that the meter's running. So that's, that's, that's the, I think that is a hard part for me, that if someone has the money thing or the time thing, but I actually do have their best interest at heart, but I, they're not allocating me the time or the amount of lessons to figure it out. And I think that's what I do. I think so when, when she came to me, it was, I said, I need it. Like, I said to her, I need three or four weeks to figure out if this could be right for you. And we can have this conversation. This is a 10 year old, right? I'm asking her opinion. And at the end of the lesson, I said, so are you still good with doing the two? And you know, and she maybe got three in, but at the end of it, she was hitting this ball so big. I mean, it was like her sister came out, was like, cause her sister came after her. She was like, did she just hit that like that? I'm like, she didn't know about how how long has she been playing? The ten year old, like off and on, like kid tennis, not not. I right know, but how long? Just a couple of years. A couple of years. Okay, off and on. Yeah, but I, and one of the things I just want to say real quick is that I that's great, but I also think for people who are little guys, people who are just walking on the court, regardless of the age, up to like sixteen or whatever, they also do need. You, you need to inspire them emotionally first with some sort of vision. So if they've never hit a ball or they've never taken a lesson, that's my point. Is I that agree with for you. those yes. people, yeah, you, to- you need to be like, hey, so who do you who do you like? Who have you seen that you like play tennis? And they're like, I don't know. I, I don't know. And you say to them, well, you should, here's some players you should check out. Why don't you YouTube? Let's do it right now in the lesson. Why don't you YouTube? Stop. Whatever. Stop. You, you, and I, they can at least I, see. I agree, I agree with you. Yeah. But here's one. Do you like hitting things? Yeah. Do you like to run? I hate running. <laughs> right. Right. So like, that's great, but you need to figure out like, and then you kind of feel them out a little bit, maybe crack a couple jokes. You're trying to see what, again, so that's the connection. Look, 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 look like? I, I, I don't, I don't think you use tennis as like, I mean, I'm, when you're like, oh, who? You, nobody watches tennis. There's no eight-year-old that's like, oh, or ten-year-old that's like, oh, I was. It's nobody watches tennis. I don't know why people assume the kids watch tennis. No, no, no. They do not. I understand, and that's a problem. I, I think it's it a is, big problem. I, I think it's a huge problem, given that you're going to be playing the sport. But I, what I'm saying is that when you truly see a pro do make a move in a in a comp, in a comp, competition, it's like. For me, at least, it was the same thing of seeing you know a professional musician play. Yeah, but that's how you're, you're like, motivated. You're like, hold on, wow. But see this. That out. But this is a coaching moment. <clears throat> you're right. trying to apply your motivation to one of your students. Yeah, that's not how it works. Well, I'm trying to apply one of the things that motivates me, but then no, 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 not, no, no, that I may mean, not motivate them. Correct. So you're saying, well, I'm going to show you a video, and the kid's like, I don't want to see a video. So what okay. do you do then? 
Well, what do you mean? What do you do? Well, you're that's what you're saying is so if you're coaching, well, then you start you. then you start going into then you start going into the things the very things that you were talking about like not that you like to run because most kids don't like to run. My why my one son is very unique in that he likes to run a lot, but uh, most of the kids. But you start talking about yeah, you you can crack jokes. I don't really. I'm not a joke guy, but I would I'd be like, hey, what what movies have you seen lately? And they'd be like, oh, I saw saying. Okay, so that, that's something. There needs to be another yeah, pathway. It's not totally, about. I'm not just saying that. I'm but it's saying. not about what <clears throat> you have to check you. A part of you, yeah, and I know I'm contradicting myself here because I'm like, well, I'm always myself, but <laughs> when I don't, only when I want to be myself, and then when I'm not myself, I step outside myself and I'm another self. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Good. Yeah, it's you? Like, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've personality <laughs> issues, multiple personalities. Split. He's an MPD. So, so you, as as educators, we have to have, and this is again, ready, tennis. Welcome to hell on all aspects. Mm. You can't be too much yourself because you might be saying something in a way that they can't connect with, but you're like, but this is how right. I get excited. Right. But I understand that, but that's not how they get excited. So you've got to figure out how, what motivates them without irritating them, getting them self-conscious where they don't have anxiety. You've got to assess their physical capabilities, right. their interest level, why they're there. Right. And manifest things in a way that makes all that work. So then when they leave, they feel good about it. No, I, I mean, it's real. It's a, de it's a real tough line to walk. Yeah. You know, and we have to, we have to say, well, I mean, I tried to show them videos and I thought, yep, they don't learn that way. They, they're not even actually motivated by that. That's fine. But you so, got to try. Yeah. Well, I know, but, but, but what I'm saying is for coaches is that you can't, you just because that motivates you sure you it doesn't mean that's going to translate but to be a pro so i just want to wrap this up because i want to talk about you got to be for you to feel like a pro you don't need all the equipment the accoutrement you need you're talking about you at some level you need some level of engagement with your students right and you need some kind of connection moment and you you need you need a student who's not going to resist you right that's pretty important but and, I have to, but I have to build mm. that. I have to start with that. If it's so like with the resistance, that's what comes through the trust and connection. Okay. If, if you don't just get that. Right. Some people are. Yeah. Some people just come out and they're an open, they're ready to rock, which right. is awesome. Yeah. But, but most people know you have to kind of build that up over time and they, you start seeing like, oh, okay. They're being a little more trusting right now. They're, they're kind of going right. with it. You can kind of right. tell, <clears throat> right? But if there's people resisting, and you're just like, I just, I can't break through. So th then it's maybe time for a different coach, different pro. So, um, but then also uh, you need to get them to do something that, um, that they may not want to do or be willing to do, but you get them to, to accept that it will make them better and they will do it. Right. That's, that's what at some level you need to, 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 to be, to be a pro. And that's an ingredient. You're getting them to do something that, you know, at your heart will make them better, but it's not something that they necessarily want to do. So this goes along with that. You can't get good quickly that you got to be okay with the struggle. So and, and part of the struggle is not learning it. It's getting yourself out of the way of yourself to learn it. Right. That's, that is actually the, so, and in that way, what he means 
for those of you, it, if I want to take that apart, is that get you, the self that's in the way is the person that's causing the resistance the, or the thing inside of you that's causing resistance. It's like, I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to run to the service line from the baseline over and over and over again. I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to shuffle, shuffle back and, and run from the deuce to the ad, to the deuce, to the ad. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. Right. But it's overcoming that and, and, and really going. So that helps you be a pro. And then another thing that you need is you need, I think you need some sort of emotional reaction from your students, good or bad. You don't really care. You need some reaction because if they're just monotone <laughs> and they're shut down, that's not really a lesson for you, right? Because you don't feel like a pro. You just feel like you're just standing there and you're not really contributing to anything. And, well, because you know, I, I thrive on feedback, right? personal connection. So if and you then give the, me nothing back, I right. feel like I'm, I just feel like I'm, well, then what's the point? And then the last thing you need is you need them to give you the time and space to figure things out for them. And that might be the most critical element of all here because um, people can be impatient. You know, like we said, that, you know, TikTok's always on the clock. Um, people can be impatient and be like, well, just, well, I don't understand. Why can't you? We, but you're like, well, I, I, I haven't seen enough of you play this or that or in this way yet. And I, I need time. And you need time. And I got to think about this. I can't just sit there and say, well, here's the answer. You know, we're making the donuts. You're, you want glazed with sprinkles? We put the glaze on. We put the sprinkles on. And look, it's now you've got a glazed donut with sprinkles. <laughs> it's not like that. You're 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 teaching a tennis player, right? And so, these are some of the elements that you need. So I think it's interesting because I was thinking about it from an external perspective, and really, there's the internal perspective of what you need to be a pro. And you don't need what you're saying is any of these externalities. You're walking on a court. You are the pro that you are. The, I think you know what? That's the window dressing, right? The, the bells and whistles. You mean the tennis bag, the tennis all, racket, all of the, that stuff that has. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we're and you know what? That shouldn't make you feel like that you're you're worthwhile. Like you, he's, or 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 from a consumer standpoint, I want to. Ah, uh, yes, that's standpoint. my next thing too. People are fooled by that. People. They're fooled by ranking. <laughs> They're fooled by oh, I played it. Big t top t uh, Big Ten uh, college, or that doesn't make somebody a good coach, right? Like you go to one, you go to this one tennis facilities website. I'm not going to say what it is, but you go there and they've right on the homepage they've got all their people and they've got every you know where they whether they went to school and their rank and everything like that. And it's like, but that doesn't mean that they're good coaches or they're the right coach for you just because somebody played at a Big Ten school, right? To, 20 years ago doesn't or 10 years ago or even two years ago doesn't mean that they have the internal the internal know-how uh, know and self-awareness and empathy for you that you can become the best tennis player that you can become right and that you're going to actually have this connection and, and and or they could right i'm not saying that that's not the they case could, but they could but it's not a formula is what you're saying because you're dealing with such a such a crazy amount of complexity in the sport and such a crazy amount of independent variables it's not something that you it's not a formula you're not making and i think we have to bust that and we probably should do another show on just the formula factor within tennis i think a lot of people a lot of consumers not pros but pros probably react to this, but they come in 
believing that there's a formula to becoming a, a, a competent tennis player and then a really good tennis player and then a great tennis player. And the reality is that there's not a formula, right? Like there's different ways to approach it. It's very complicated sport. I do mean, you, do you remember um, Marin Bartoli? Yeah, okay, totally. So I loved her passion on the court. No, no, it's great. So she, her day, well, she, you know, she's like brilliant also, right? His, oh, is she? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah no, like, she, like degree in physics or something like ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's like, um, from queen, a uh, Brian may, right. Who, who's like a nuclear physicist now, right? Like he's got like his doctorate, but her dad is equal is wired the same way. Right. And his training, they would talk about if people can go back and watch some of her, her surf movements and things like that. They're, they're very, let's say for lack of a better word, non-systematic. Right. And he would have her casting fishing, uh, fishing lines to get her (laughs) wrist to break on the tennis court, like throwing all kinds of like really un ready. I don't, I think it's hilarious. Unorthodox. Right. But, but it's, it's not unorthodox if it gets her to do the things that, yeah. So, so what was funny was they put it on the, I remember watching, uh, I forget what, what have been the US Open. She won the US Open, didn't she? I'm trying to yeah, what year it was. I yeah. believe it was the US Open. And, and someone correct me if I'm incorrect, which is fine. <clears throat> but I believe it was the US Open. And I remember they kept talking about how weird the dad was in his training, but they never brought up, but maybe this is how Marion learns. Right. Like not one time did I ever, I just kept criticizing the dad on how weird it was and well, I would have done this, I would have done that. And I find that very interesting that if this is what works, even if Marion was like, well, I don't want to cast a fishing line on the tennis court. That's kind of weird, but I'm understanding it. So can you put your embarrassment to the side? Excuse me. And, and, and for the sake of your own learning, if, right, it may be like, ah, oh, this is really weird, but it's helping me get it. So, so I'm going to do it. Go ahead. <clears throat> so this this young lady, Sophia Kennan, she's um, her parents are Russian. They came here and they they live in Southern Florida in Pembroke Pines. And they I've never heard that story before. Her dad's from a tennis her dad's the coach. Her dad's the coach. So anyway, the point is is that her serve when she was playing, she won the Australian Open last year. So her, when she's going to serve, she does this. She she looks down the entire time, and then she throws the ball up, doesn't even look at the ball, throws the ball up like this, and then just as she's about to hit the racket, her head flips up suddenly like, like a bird. Her head flips up, and then she serves. And everybody's making fun of it. <clears throat> right? they're, they're all making fun of it in their subtle, snarky ways. You know, they're not like- Because it's not what you're used to seeing. Right, and they're making fun of it. And the whole thing, and they're like, yeah. And, and this was, I remember hearing it in the, I think it was the quarterfinals, not the semis, but I remember hearing like, yeah, that's a really interesting serve. I'm not sure where she got that. I'm not sure how well that's going to, that's going to fare. Well, <laughs> and then she wins the Australian Open. Wait, wait, no, she, oh, she's in the quarter, <laughs> she's in the quarterfinals. And right again, here well, we go. Yeah, but, we go but, right to the negative. Yeah, but right people, to the negative. yeah, but people are thinking to themselves, eh, she got there by luck. You know what I mean? She went through the draw. It's not luck. I mean, you've been busting your butt. So anyway, the how about it's just, unique, right? How, but that's the, that's her superpower. You were, yeah. you're seeing. Yeah. Yo, here yeah. again, we said this also like, oh, you know, like 
you know, early on with Serena, that's swinging volley. That's really low percentage. <laughs> yeah, percentage to the greatest, the lowest percentage to the greatest athlete on the planet. Exactly. Like, okay. So what do you need to feel like a pro extends even beyond into what do you need to feel like a pro tennis player, which is your own unique, your own unique approach to the game? I think that's, that's a revelation for us here. Wait, say that again? As a so coach. We, as we a- started off saying, what do you need to be a pro, to feel like a pro, right? And I think we can evolve this into the next episode, which is what do you need to feel like a pro at your own game? And that's your own uniqueness. You, you feel like a pro at your own game because you bring your own unique style. You know what I mean? Like you, your you, own unique way that you might approach a certain shot that other people would look at as, boy, that's an unconventional way to hit that thing. Do you know what I mean? Or whatever it is, what do you need? So it it's, again, it's beyond just the basics of equipment. Like, well, I need this model racket and this model shoe. It's <clears throat> actually, for me to be on game, I need this shot. <laughs> I need to be able to make this one shot. Like you were talking in another episode about the signature shot. But for, for you to feel like you're not a pro because you're making money, you're not making money, but I'm talking about for you to feel professional on the court when you are going to play a game, not make money at it, but just you're going to be a professional and you're going to comport yourself in a professional manner. You're going to play as best as you can. You're going to play it your best for you. Anybody to feel like a pro, they need to have the ability to express themselves in their own unique way within the game they need to express their own shots their own style of bouncing the ball and preparing to do the serve to preparing to, to return to, to serve or to return serve you need to have your own unique thing it's in full- order for you to feel like you can bring your fullest game to whatever you're playing at whatever level wouldn't you say it's a yes it's a form of expression it's absolutely, and that's oh, what's that really that. I think right. Well, I mean, it give, this I sport, had to work for that. <laughs> the sport, this sport, gives you an opportunity to creatively express yourself, right. which is really interesting. Like how you bounce. Like, there's so many little things you can do. Right, you a racket twirler. Do you do you spin your racket on the top of your finger? Do you? Right. I mean, there's two handed four and two handed backhand, one handed backhand, two handed back. Like there's there's so many things that you can do for your own expression. And I would also keep pushing that. I think that also comes back to what you were just saying about coaches. Your your creativity as a coach, not just as a player, is what defines you, not the equipment that you have. Not, right? So, and if you walked into my court, I have a ton of equipment. So you have to understand that like I have kettlebells, I have slam ball, (laughs) I have ladders, jump ropes, I have an ab roller, I've got rollers to roll your legs but I, how much I, we get it but how much how how no you don't get it no you didn't let me finish again you're no <laughs> we're, we're driving at the same thing no no what i'm saying is but i don't need that stuff so i can i have that because everybody learns differently and i'm trying to inspire but I can also walk out with one tennis ball. I'm not tethered to all the bells and whistles that I have there. I use those as training tools, but I can be creative enough with one tennis ball and still give you a great lesson. And I think that's what really is the marker for a effective coach. 
that someone can say, yes, I have all these things, but I don't need them. Yes, I have the Marshall stack and I've got my axe here, my guitar that I love rocking and my Les Paul, but guess what? I can rock the ukulele also because I'm a, I'm a musician. I'm not tethered to the court. I'm not tethered to my racket, right? to anything. But we need to instill that, the point I was trying to make too, I, th- I agree. Okay. Can we, can we instill that in our students? Because I think, I think until you grab, uh, grab hold of that mentality, that's a mentality. It's not just a result of the skills and time you've put in at playing tennis and teaching tennis. It's a mentality that you bring. Can we instill that mentality into the kids, to, into the, the newer players right from the start, that you don't need any of that? Because that will then lead us into some of the stuff we've talked about, that you don't need a court to practice necessarily. But can you? can we instill that? Because that's a very serious that's a very serious approach to it, which is going to be interesting because it clashes directly with the clowny, goofy Tennessee thing that they try to do with kids at a very early age to make it fun, fun, fun. How do we, and I think that could be another episode too, is like, how do we bridge that gap? Because what we're talking about here is the Martha Graham serious, this is what we do. This is what we're here for. We don't need any of this stuff. Isn't this the group thing, though? This is where, again, this is where it comes to getting the facility is saying we need open students here. And then that openness then needs to be projected by the coaches. And then that will hopefully influence the students. So if you're a student and you keep jumping around from coach to coach, but they're all being, they have their own style, but they're all asking you to be open, then that's the group thing message of like, we really need open looped people here, not closed loop. We need people that are willing to entertain playing with a sock for half an hour <laughs> and, then and hitting four tennis balls and being okay with it. You just hurt yourself. It's not playing with a sock for half an hour. I'm going to tell you that right now. You I know it's not. Yourself. No, no, I know it's, it's serious not. business. No, no, it is serious because cause it is because it's technique. Ready? Here's ready. There are <clears throat> there are hard like golf. There are hard elements that have to happen. There are technical things that have to happen. Yeah. So how do you get that technical thing that's difficult for people to grasp in a way that doesn't derail them emotionally that they can get through it? That's, that is serious business. Well, we talk and, about that all the time. That's the struggle. That's being okay with the struggle. It's right. But that's, that's the hard part. I think that really is. But that goes to teaching the whole mentality that you're here. You are going to struggle. That's okay. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have problems. That's the joy of learning this. And that's okay. And we're all going to be there with you as you struggle. So as you struggle, we're going to be there with you and we're going to be supporting you. It's not always going to come across as, you know, chuckle the clown, super goofy hour, but that's okay because you're, you learn both ways. You learn in different ways at different times. And that's why I don't hide my, my background or my pedigree. I don't pretend because when I say that 
you say what? Exactly what you just said uh-huh. to a student. They know, they don't look at me and think, but look at the way you hit the ball. I'm never going to do that. They're not that far from me. So when you say it and they know where you came from and where you are now at 50, right? I didn't, I didn't really start this until in my 30s. So I'm playing and moving better at 50 and, they're, and they sort of look like me hitting a ball and they're hitting a similar ball. Doesn't that give them hope versus someone that's just like looks like Superman on the court who's been playing since they were seven. It's like, I mean, there are guys that have amazing games that I, that I co-coach with. And I'm just like, God, I wish I could hit like that. But that's not my thing, right? I didn't, I didn't have that background. So when, you, when you're open and honest with people and you say, here, I, I was, I was, I was oh, time's up. <laughs> I, was, um, I was, I played like you, ready? I played like you five years ago. You did, but you're a coach. I know. But it's unfair because I teach so many hours, I got better faster. It might take you 10, but you're going to get there. You're doing the right things. And, th- and that, there's a identifiable connection there that I think that we all have to, and, I've, and I think that's the way to go for everybody. And again, and if you have an elite background, I don't think you should hide that either. I don't think you should hide that, but... I don't think you should. No one's going to hide that, dude. God, <laughs> cut the crap. Nobody's going to hide that. Nobody's going to. I don't think you should hide the fact that you were at Stanford <laughs> or at Michigan, number two. I don't fault you for that. <laughs> I Listen, if you've won an Academy Award and you don't want to say anything to anybody, I get it. I totally get it. I mean, I don't want people, ah, the questions and the alkylates. It's crazy. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, that's the, what. What I mean is, you don't need to. You don't need to humble you don't need yourself. To feel ashamed? No. <laughs> you went. You played number one at FSU. You don't need to feel ashamed. It's okay, buddy. <laughs> that was ripe for that. Jesus. No, but I understand where you're going. What you're, what you're basically saying is like, look, you got to be true to yourself. Do you know what I mean? And 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 that's some of the stuff we've been talking about over and over and over. Will to conquer, will to know, you know, all this other stuff. And having a having a reckoning with yourself before you walk onto that court. And this is part of it. Like, what do you need to be a pro and asking yourself, okay, do I really need the fancy bag and the fancy whatever to bring what I bring to to what I'm doing? Here's a great training thing for new pros or for all pros. We should do this and we should run free classes once in a while as a training thing, maybe like every few, like three, four months where the pros go down and say, Hey, we're going to give out free tennis lessons to, you know, you're going to do one hour today. And you, you literally hear Here's three tennis balls and you don't get a racket, go run a class. And just to force them to force us to come up with, uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Just really just crazy stuff that allows us here's some ping pong paddles and, Go, go teach a tennis class or take away the net, <clears throat> whatever for one of those moments. Sure. And, but keep the lines. Yeah. Or here's one. <clears throat> you can only hit off the wall today. You're not allowed to use the court. And here's one pressureless ball. Oh, and there's five people in class. Go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's, there's one racket. Make that happen. Right. right. And then you're like, Oh, 
or and and you can do a thing too. Like again, things like this. I'm going to use the phrase which we people have stopped using it though. I've noticed thinking outside the box. <laughs> no, it's kind of gone away though. You know, yeah, I think we're because sure. everyone's in Zoom in the box. Right. There's no way like because there's no way we can think outside <laughs> think of this box. Like, we're actually this in the crazy. box. We're I'm in the box now. Right. It's crazy. <clears throat> it is nuts. But but you've noticed that no one's really using it anymore. Right. So, but to coin an, an old phrase to think outside the box, we have to push or put ourselves in positions to actually think outside the box, not just say it. So if you want a staff that is constantly pushing themselves, we as <coughs> managers or of anybody running something right. or even our own, even in, maybe your club doesn't want to do that. That's fine. As a coach, though, you could say to somebody, listen, I want to be a, be a little out of the box today. We're going to try something. You know, right, and right. I'm, I'm, can you go with me on this? I'm just trying to push my, my. And you have to be okay with pushing the pause button if you were progressing on something else. You have to be okay with pushing the pause button. Can always saying, come back. Can always yeah, come we back. can always come back. But so I think it's really important when we talk about what do you need to be a pro, right? And and we can wrap this up is that, and and this is why we're digging on you because you're our resident pro, um, to try to uncover what you really need as a pro. And maybe when you were, and one quick question before I just finalize this, would you say that when you were first starting out, you needed more of the externalities? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So you needed the, like the, I oh, gotta yeah. have, I gotta have the cart <clears throat> or I gotta have what, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I gotta absolutely. put out the agility ladder. I gotta put out my props in order for me to feel, it's kind of like an actor. I still like in order me, yes, in yes. order for me to feel like the bank robber, I can't just wear the disguise. I got to have the gun, right? Is that? That's exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. Yes. So it took but, a while. It took a while. But now <laughs> it's not like seconds. Right. No. 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 Now, over the years, for you as you've been going along, for you to 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 walk onto that court, you don't need a racket. You don't need the cart. You you don't you don't necessarily even need the balls or any of the externalities. But what you do need are some of the soft, emotional, and intellectual things in order for you to do it, to, to bring the best of yourself and to give the best to your students, such as you need engaged students, you need a connection moment, you, you don't want students that are resisting everything because that, that, that's not going to make you feel like a pro, it's going to make you feel more like a traffic cop. Um, and you also need to be able to make suggestions about something that will make them better that you know they're not necessarily going to want to do a la sock boy <clears throat> because they're not going to want to do it but you know that this the practicing they're going through this will make them better and that you also um you you also need some time even though and this is a, probably one of the hardest things for people to understand when they're listening to this because they're going to be like and i hope you can appreciate this payers is that pros need some time to think through, okay, where's the student? If, if you're a parent payer, they need time to think through, okay, where's the student at? Where do they want to go in the development? Where do I, in order for me to get them where they want to go, what do I need to do? So I need some time to think about that. And that's time you're going to spend outside of your lesson kind of mulling it over. So they're getting actually more value for their money than they know because it's not just turn a switch on, turn a switch off, get paid for that time. For somebody like you, you're going to be spending some of your time, and I just want to ask, I'm going to ask you this, and then we're wrapping this up, but will you you spend a few minutes outside of your lessons 
when you aren't even with the person thinking about how to best serve them, right? Yeah, <laughs> all the time. So how much time, let's say, let's say sock boy, or let's say it's somebody I, I don't even know, pick, pick somebody else where you've spent, I mean, just give an idea. Would you spend, what would you say? Maybe yeah, but, 10, but, yeah, but, 20 minutes. I'm just trying to get yeah, an but idea. I don't, but the way I roll, I don't, a lot of people, I, I have to sit down and. Right. You're not my, that formal. My process is that my brain is always flipping around. Right. It's how I write songs. But I don't, you are spending some like, time thinking about all my time, people. all my time. Yes. Constantly. So. Oh, I have, a, I have a lesson with so-and-so tomorrow. Yeah, last week we were doing this. I think this would be a great thing to do that. Let me think about that. And then it'll pop back in my head later on. Like, oh, I'm, I'm seeing so-and-so today. Yeah, we were doing this. Maybe. Okay, let's see where, where they're at when they come in. But yeah, I mean, it's it's constant. And I don't, And I, but like I said, I'm always trying to push the envelope forward on what we're already working on. And I'm looking to connect things in a meaningful way. Yeah. I'm not just like, throwing some stuff out and whatever sticks to the wall. There, but it's also not just, it's not a car wash. No. <laughs> People don't bring themselves in, you wash them and they leave. No. they You are thinking about them outside the car wash. Like, how do I better wash that car? And the, earth, the last thing you need as a pro is you need some sort of emotional reaction from them. Because if they're mute or they're monotone or they're worse, apathetic, then you don't really feel like you're a pro at that point. Right, right. I don't, and I don't need like, woo. Right. I just like there's. If you have your thinking face and you look at me, so they need a thinking face. Yes, this is good. Yes, a thinking face. So if they look at me, you're like, you know, that was really interesting. And they walk, and then they come back in the next week, and like, you know, I, I, they don't need a lot of emotion. I was thinking about what we did last week. Done, <laughs> done. You are my favorite person. That's that's it. I was thinking about this week, I was in my kitchen going through the footwork pattern you were showing me because I don't know how to pivot because I never played sports growing up. I love you. Let's do more. <laughs> Let's do more of that. I love you. I do. So, I love you. Please. So you're my student for life now. No, and I'll make time for you. That's right. That's exactly right. Because don't we all want to feel needed and wanted? Yeah, I just I, I think this is I think this has been great because we're uncovering what you need to be a pro. And I think it's good because if you are looking at taking tennis lessons from a local tennis pro by local is that you uh, that you hear some of what goes on with the person who could be providing you with those services and how they think about this and how they approach this game and how they, you know, that there's way more into it than just, you're not just going into target buying a, a cozy cup to keep your drink cool. You are interacting with another human being who's assessing you thinking about you and they have certain things that they need to be able to bring to the moment. And you have certain things you need to bring to that moment and to get the best out of that moment, you know, it's, it's better that you hear, you hear some of what this is about. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's good. I think it was a good one. You, you know what? You rock my brain today. And, uh, did I rock your body? No. What? <laughs> what? Really? Really? No, no, Come no. on, do it again. No, and, you and, rock. And, no, you rock my brain. That's all I'm going to say. I you, can't say you rock my body. But well, that's our moniker, man. That's like oh, that's thing. true. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. oh you rock me. Okay, so let's do that again. Oh, uh, uh, hey, man, that was a good episode. You, you rock, rock my brain. You rock my body. There you go. Tennis rocker. Goodbye. <laughs>